Well, happy 4th of July. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Cindy. How are you? Good. You're dressed for the uh, holiday. You know, blue. I guess I blue, am. Red. Yeah. I don't have any red. Oh, I do have red Yes. Beads. See, there you yeah. go. Um, <laughs> so, yes, here it is, the Travel Angel Radio Show. And um, I'm Cindy, and Kathy Takushi is with Captivating Journeys, our sponsor. And a lot of interesting news. Uh, this week, um, they talked about more cutbacks. I don't know if you heard. There were rumors that United is going to take out their monitors because of the weight that they're going to try to remove all monitors in, in the planes. Had you heard that story? No. Mm-hmm. What what monitors? TV. You know, your video oh. monitors. Oh, yeah. But most of, you know, a lot of their new planes don't have. Don't have. Because because of the cost. Yeah. This kind of goes back to the story that began with American Airlines. And I actually did a check on this to see if it was true. That when they took one olive out of the servings, had you heard about this uh-uh. story way back when? Well, there was a book written. It's attributed to Bob Crandall, the American Airlines CEO. And he talks about the time he cut back just taking one olive off the planes and the service and that he saved 40000 to $80,000 because of the weight one of the olives. Olive. Yes. Huh. So now more and more people are seeing, well, I mean, my problem is, like, folks, it's not how much you can save. It's how happy your client is. I, right. I, no, come on. Because they charge you for everything else. I even heard they're going to take some of the cushioning away from the seats. Well, some of them. Some of the padding and stuff. Some of them you barely have any Barely cushion. have any. I know. <laughs> so, so, yeah. And did you hear the story? This blew my mind. Last Saturday, they said it was going to be the busiest day for flying in the entire year. Yeah, more than more than Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah, I found that odd. Me too. I don't know why. Well, because I guess more people are traveling and flying, and uh, you know we know kids and families have the time off, so they're flying. It wasn't like I mean there is maybe they're taking the whole Fourth of July weekend off. Who knows? You know they could be. You know they're calling yeah, it the whole week. week you know, it's yeah. unfortunately in the middle of the week, right? So yeah, you take the whole week off, right? Are, yeah. Or trying to escape the hot weather they've been having on the east and midwest and east coast, maybe. So what do you have going on? What do I have going on? (laughs) I've been really busy. I'm just trying to think. Doing Uh, what? What are people doing? uh, Planning trips to Japan. Still. (laughs) Still, still, yeah. Uh, Europe, Europe, a little bit. Not as much as normal. Mm -hmm. So, um, Interesting. You know what? I was listening to our yeah. travel show, and it, I forget it, who it was, which one of I think it was Peter Greenberg, said that they did a study, and there's more people traveling than ever before. And, of course, we talk about cruises all the time, and we think, you know, more and more people are cruising. And it's true. They're backlogged two years on actually creating a boat, a ship. Was it called a ship? A ship. ship. But I, that did you realize that of all the people traveling, only 5% do cruises. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Isn't that Cru- shocking? Cruises, I, I, we were having our, probably our biggest year yet for cruises. Yep. I think it's just yeah. continuing to grow and grow yeah. and grow. So. What do people want when they call you for cruises? It de- well, it depends, I guess, on where they're going. The Pongo Gans, always popular. That's our definitely most popular. Um if we do cruising, it's more, I would say, uh, Europe, Mediterranean. Uh, Alaska's down this year. I think a lot of people have already done it yeah. here, right? Yeah, Alaska's down. I think more people I see talking about doing river cruising. Are you seeing an increase in that? Not really. Oh, interesting. Not as compared to, to a few cruise. years ago. We, uh-huh. we I mean... River cruising was hot, hot, hot. Yeah. And people are still, I, I have done, the river cruising that I am doing are like small groups going together. So, uh-huh. but not just individuals, but little, yeah, it's just, it's, there's not one certain thing other than the Paul Gagan. Yeah. So. Well, the deals still yeah, are there, folks. And they are. What do you have um to offer? I know that's always a popular one. Not just once, but some people two, three times. Four times. Four times even. Wow. Yeah, I have somebody, I think this this weekend, uh, going on their, no, they're on it right now. It was like their fourth or f- maybe fifth time in five years. Yeah. Well, it's a great it's a great deal 
mm-hmm. number one, which is always important to people, right? Mm-hmm. And it includes really good, it includes your alcohol and your tips. You don't have to do a lot of the shore excursions if you don't want. And it's absolutely beautiful, and it's cheaper than if you were going to go down there and book a hotel room. Yes, because Tahiti is very expensive. So and the meals are great. Uh, That's right. Service is excellent. Yep. And it's so, small. And it's really a relaxing vacation versus going to Europe where you, you got to go and see everything. Run, run, but, run, run, run. Yeah. Get, and then you're tired. You and, and you have to get out of the, yeah. you have to be out and ready to roll at eight, which means you got to get up at six to have your breakfast and get ready to roll by eight, right? Because right. all excursions start early you if go, they're all oh, day. Tomorrow is sea day where oh, I can boy. do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. It's so true how we look. Oh, gosh, we got a day off. It's like, wait yeah. a second, it's your vacation. You should be considering mm-hmm. every day a day off, right? Yeah. But I've actually heard people say, oh, good, we got a day off tomorrow on right. a cruise, right? And then, and then flying to Tahiti is, is easy. That's you know, true. Hawaiian, go to Honolulu, and then Honolulu to um, Papiate is about six hours. And, and you get off the boat, I mean, get off the plane, get your bags, and go straight to the boat. So, did you see that uh, Hawaiian Airlines added um, a direct flight from Maui to San Diego this last week? They, they mm-hmm. and, Sacramen- and Sacramento. And Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're trying to combat the Southwest Airlines coming in? Try to add Probably. more. And Alaska Airlines, because those Alaska, are Alaska's yeah. uh, uh, routes that they have now. Well, Alaska Airlines has been very aggressive. I've gotten two letters this week trying to get me to sign up for their credit card. And they have a good amount of miles they're offering. Have you noticed that one? Have I you gotten didn't that? get that one. Oh, yeah. No, it's nice. And um, I think it was America. No, it was Delta that was offering 60,000 miles for a credit card mm. sign up. You so. know what I did hear, though, what? which uh, made me think about getting an Alaska card was, and I've heard this from a few people, that they just rack up their Alaska miles mm-hmm. And then they can redeem them for like on British Airways. Yes, and I it's saw the easier to British do. Airways is nice, and there were some other airlines that they do that are very nice. Was mm-hmm. it Cathay Pacific? I shouldn't say until I have it in front of me. But yeah. I looked at there's like seven or eight airlines there co-partnering with that were very mm-hmm. nice airlines. Right, and I know a few people who did that. And they said it was easier to get a a mileage ticket on British Airways than with British Airways themselves. Well, our guest who's going to be calling in here shortly, uh, (laughs) about five minutes, had an interesting story, actually, of what could go wrong. Uh, And it's not like she hasn't traveled a lot. I mean, she has, but um, she was going to go to, uh, she landed in Heathrow, and she just had a day gig, you know, happening and uh in london and then something in 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 ireland i think in dublin but i'm not exactly sure where and and the you know you're a long flight and you get in and they say what do you hear what is the reason for your trip she says i'm just going to play a couple of gigs and she had her instrument uh wrong (laughs) wrong answer (laughs) wrong answer oh my god it was a nightmare she was put in detention for 48 hours she didn't have a work visa She didn't, and she wasn't thinking. Right, she was just being honest. I'm just gonna go, and and it was just two gigs in two different places, and they held her. And there there was a, it was like a prison room. She was allowed one call. She was held there 48 hours. She said it was. She was treated like a prisoner. She said the food was the most awful. She said she wouldn't even eat the food. It was that terrible. It was a slush that was just like look awful, like like a prison. And then they escorted her, walked her out to the plane when they sent her back. And and, and the, they sent her back home. And she wasn't able to do the gig. She had Not only did she not get the money from doing the gigs, she didn't get to play, of course, but um, that, that cost the flight over and back on the time. Wow. And Yeah, no, it was a nightmare. And you know what? We don't even think sometimes. I think, you know, she said... She did a lot of research into it, so we're going to be talking about it. But she said, even if you say you're going to go perform as a minister a wedding ceremony, that's considered work. Working. And you would be put into detention and sent home. Wow. And she, it was put in her face. They said, we're not near as bad as what you're doing in America. Uh, oh, so I don't know. That's, what, yeah. yeah. It's a tit for tat thing. Maybe. You know, yeah. It's hard to prove that, right? Yeah. But this was in London? Heathrow. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to go into that because, you know, you just don't think. 
Right. If it's not like you're going like six months, and, and of course, if you were getting a job over there and going for a long period of time working, you'd, you'd get need a work visa, right? So you yeah. don't think one day of playing in a small club, you know, a hundred, two hundred seat club is going to be considered, but it is. Uh-huh. So I just wanted to inform people about that because we have a lot of musicians, you know. This could happen to musicians going right. to play in, in Japan or something or other places, you know. Right. You could have a nightmare you didn't ever expect that <laughs> could happen, right? Yeah. And things are heating up at borders, you know, There's and customs and controls, you know. So this is it's going to be an interesting talk. So do, is that one seat taken going to Korea? You got people that trip to Korea? Um, and shopping isn't considered work, folks. This is a shopping trip. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I think I think the other two people that were gonna go didn't confirm. So I think there's three seats left. Oh, wonderful! I believe I have to double. Well, check. that's like fifteen ninety nine for mm-hmm. the trip on Hawaiian Airlines over, and your it includes your hotels and for your four nights hotels and your food, breakfast every day. I think there's a couple of lunches um, and shopping till you drop mm-hmm. and tours. It doesn't they're, include they're, your shopping. You no, gotta pay for your shopping. Yeah. <laughs> But um, it, it's a great price. I, I actually was speaking with one of the ladies that is going, and she's gone to Korea many, many times. Loves it. She said it's better than Japan. But um, what she goes for is um, Korean skincare. And, yes, and she had beautiful skin. So I told her maybe you're going to have to buy me some. I've heard that it's very, very, very good, yeah. and it's a lot cheaper. Yes, it's reasonable. Yeah, compared to what we would mm-hmm. pay here, right? Yeah. And that's why, you know, shopping is, is is a fun thing to do. I mean, some of us, you know, would go to Oahu to shop for Christmas, of course, because you know, sometimes uh-huh. you have more choices there. But if you think about it, if you're really going to do a lot of that, one or two gifts or three gifts, you could get that probably 50% less in Korea, mm-hmm. depending on what you're Mm-hmm. how wise you are shopping. Yeah. But that's a great deal. And last week we only thought there was one, so it might have kept people from yes. taking it. Right. So I think um, the other people that I had that were going to go, they haven't called me back yet. So I think that might be three seats or definitely two. The number so. to call is? 244-1414. That's Kathy Takushi, Captivating Journeys, 244-1414, It is really... An amazing deal. And it, and what's the date on that one? November 7th to the 12th. November 7th this year. through the 12th. So mm-hmm. that's a good one. I, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. There's lots of options that I'm hearing about for November that's interesting. That I mean, usually we hear about things going on different times of years, but it's interesting they pick November. I think we've got our guest calling in. I thought I saw a flashing light, but maybe it was just my up. Oh, there she is. Great. Monica's here. Aloha. Is this Monica? Uh, how are you, Cindy? I'm fine, Monica. I'm glad you're calling in. Well, you're calling in from where, Chicago? I'm in Chicago, correct. Is it hot? It is. It's been pretty temperate the last couple of days, but we've had our scorchers. I, um, I but bet. it's nice right now. Yeah, well, how nice because... Yeah, a lot of the country is going through some very heavy temperatures, and uh, I feel for people. But I was just talking to my co-host who's in the studio about your your, your adventure. But let me give <laughs> let me give a little background. Um, I'm talking with Monica Ryan, who's a jazz vocalist, and she started singing professionally at the age of 15, and me- you had uh, management by the age of 16, which is pretty powerful. In you started working in New York City at that young age, and yeah. Uh, it's, uh, that's so impressive. And and then you entered Thank the you. world-renowned New School for Jazz and Contemporary Music in Manhattan. High Upscale, huh? Upscale. Uptown girl? <laughs> you were an uptown girl. Actually, a downtown girl. A downtown I girl. Greenwich, I grew up in Greenwich Village, where my whole family still lives. Oh, my gosh. And you got to uh, work and study with there with Chico Hamilton and some of the greats, of course. And then at the ripe old age of 18 years old, you started singing big band music and uh, doing nightclubs and concert halls in New York. And, and my gosh, then at 25, Carnegie Hall, you got to be... Well, I was, I was part of their roster for their um, neighborhood concert series where they had a roster of artists in several different genres and various um, libraries and institutions could select from this sort of menu of rosters and they would send us out 
to uh, representing Carnegie Hall to the neighborhoods wow. so that they could have Carnegie Hall artists in their local branches of this, that, and you know, community centers and libraries and places like that. And that was wonderful. I did that for two seasons, and I enjoyed every minute of it. That's amazing. At such a young age, my gosh, 23, you're out there doing that. And then you got your first solo recording, um, and uh, that was Love, and got to play in the Montreal Jazz Festival, which is one of the most world-renowned jazz festivals in the world, you know, in the world, because if it's world-renowned, it would be in the world, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's a wonderful festival, and I had attended it, you know, a few times prior as a as a patron. It was a real thrill to to be a headliner in it and my with my first CD. I loved it. So how many CDs? How many CDs do you have now? I'm about to release my tenth, July twelfth. Yeah. So, um, I'm very excited. You know, I love I love doing what I do. So it's you know all of it is a labor of love and fun and excitement for me. So, um, you know. So, so what I was thinking, and that part of not only do I want to let people know the impressive background you built up and your platform, but I also thought it might be interesting for people to realize, my gosh, you, you, you've done some traveling. You know, you were in Montreal, you were in New York, you, you, you were an experienced traveler, and, and, and I, I am. we're Facebook friends. And, <laughs> and I was reading about your rather uh, strange adventure or should we call it a nightmare that that happened well, yeah it was it was a, it was a, qualifies as a tour nightmare um for sure um and it also qualifies as an adventure and a learning experience and yes. most importantly my whole reason for sharing um my this story is to help other people navigate this because i travel a lot for my work and i had no idea Mm -hmm. so if i had no idea chances are other people will have no idea and Mm -hmm. some people will know what's required of them in different places and you know but if i can help people i always want to be helpful you know that's the meaning of life right to give and to share and to help and it's part of being part of the global community. So if my story can help someone else avoid this, you know, pitfall, I, that makes me feel good. <laughs> well, I, I totally, I totally agree. And, and, and it's the only thing you can hope when you have something this bad happen, hopefully other people can be aware of it. And if you can even take one person and save them for having to go through the nightmare you went through, you've done a, You've done a very nice, nice job of, and paid and paid forward something nice to people because um, we don't think sometimes about these things, especially when you say you've traveled a lot. You're an experienced traveler, and you've been, uh, you know, it's not like you're just uh, someone who's a naive person who's never traveled before. So so I remember, I remember seeing you all excited. You were going to take this trip to London and play in London, and I believe also in Dublin too, right? Yeah, so I had... Um I have set up, uh, I have, uh, being a jazz artist, jazz is a very international, there's sort of a niche market in all over the world. So you have followers all over the world. And, you know, you go to these small, you can be large in the sense that there you have many followers, but they're spread out in small groups globally. That's kind of the nature of jazz. So when I go out, I sing, you know, in clubs and um, that range in, in size from, you know, smaller venues to larger venues, but they're not um, they're not stadiums or anything like this. Um, so I had set up a nightclub tour um, and one house concert, um, but mostly nightclubs uh, throughout Europe. I had four concerts in Germany, and then I was going from Germany to Belfast. And then I had uh, five nights in Belfast and one night in Dublin. And then I had a few days off, and I was going to go to Paris and also visit some friends in the countryside, English countryside. And then I was going to sing in London before coming home. And actually, my London gig was supposed to be July 4th. Oh, my gosh. um, Well, obviously, obviously you didn't make it. And I I thought it was just one or two gigs, but you had actually planned to go to multiple countries and and all of that. Oh, it was supposed to be a three three week tour. Okay. So, and it turned into a one week tour. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is what happened. Okay. Um, So I flew into Germany and I had a great series of performances in Germany and, you know, was 
a wonderful experience, and I was getting ready to move on to Belfast. I've sung in um, Burt's Jazz Bar in Belfast many times. I love Burt's. I mean, it is a super swanky, beautiful um, cotton club style, top of the line venue. It reminds me of the Rainbow Room in New York. It's a wonderful place. And by the way, any of you who have never been to Belfast, um, it is a wonderful place to go. I love the people. Uh, I love the history and the nature is wonderful. It's a charming place. I've been there many times, I, a couple I, of times. I love Ireland, and I have to say I haven't been to Belfast, so I'll have to make a point of doing that. Oh, it's wonderful. And I, and, and not uh, not to – I'm sure there's lots of tours for Game of Thrones, but it's where a lot of Game of Thrones, if not most of it, most of it is filmed. So it's kind of very – the oh. northern Irish coast has varied, um, you know, topographies, the different kinds of uh, jagged rocks and hills. And you, when you go there, you see how you could film many different types of places in this one coastline. Mm. It's beautiful. Mm. Um, so that's filmed over there. But anyway, um, yeah, so I was going back to Burt's to sing. And in the past when I've gone to Burt's, I've always, just the way my tour has been set up is I was um, starting in Dublin and going to Belfast from there. The trip from Belfast to Dublin is, a, you know, a bus ride. It's a two-hour bus ride. If, mm-hmm. You know, that's the easy thing to do mm-hmm. if you're traveling by yourself. And uh, it, um, there's no immigration or anything between the two, really, mm-hmm. that you go through. Maybe this will change, mm-hmm. but, but Belfast is part of the U.K., and I, uh, the south of Ireland is its own country. Mm-hmm. So you do actually change uh, cross-borders without realizing it. But over there, it makes no, there's no sort of sense of that. Mm-hmm. So in the past, I've always done, you know, a concert in Dublin, and then I go up to Belfast, or I've just happened to get the cheaper flight into Dublin and taken a bus up to Belfast. This time I was coming from Germany through a connecting flight in Heathrow, and that was the real difference. That's why I was surprised by what happened. So what? So anybody who is an American citizen who travels to the U.K., um, knows that you don't need a visa to visit. And I go to the U.K. actually often. I have lots of friends there. And so I don't only go there to sing. I go there to see friends. So I've gone many, many times and never needed a visa and never really thought about it because of that, because I have a pattern of having gone mm-hmm. socially and not needed a visa. And then I had this other sort of pattern over the last couple of years of going to Belfast to sing, but through via Dublin. So, again, I had no sense that I might need a visa. And this is where the, the problem arose, is I'm trying to connect, catch a flight. I'm getting off a flight from, um, from Berlin and in Heathrow, and you have to go through immigration there before you get on the flight to Belfast. So, they, you know, the standard immigration question is, um, what is your purpose? It, of, of your visit, what's the purpose of your visit to the UK? And I said, well, I'm here to sing. And they said, will you be taking money for that? And I said, yes. And, and they said, do you have a visa? And I said, no. Or do you have any special paperwork? It was something to this, this nature. Do you have any special documents? And the answer was no, I didn't. I didn't know I need one, needed one. And the venue, I don't think they, they didn't know I needed one either. It, it, it's the kind of thing where they don't bring in many Americans to sing there. They have, you know, locals playing, and um, this was a special situation. So they, to, to make a long story uh, longer, they, <laughs> that's when they sort of put me in, they sort of detained me in a little area um, while they looked up my website and saw that there were shows and all of this. And then I had to go have my fingers printed and my photograph taken. And all this time I'm thinking, I wonder if I'm going to make my connection. Mm. You know, the clock is ticking to me because there's a limited time. And I'm supposed to, you know, drop off my bags, my host of where I'm going. I'm supposed to drop off my bags with them. And then I have a concert that night. And um, once I I got in the part where they... uh, take your fingerprints and your photograph and you have an interview. I had an interview with a very nice 
immigration officer in the back. It was just basically explaining my situation. I had no idea I needed a visa. Is there anything I can do to correct this? Is there a fee? I'm happy to pay it. You know, what can I do to right this situation that is clearly an oversight? And um, they called the, the they called the uh, the gentleman who booked me. He had a conversation with them. He wrote a letter on my behalf, and they said to me at some point, like, "We're going to try to get you out of here." Uh, there are flights to Belfast every hour. I had missed my flight at that point. And, you know, wait in this room. So I waited in the room. Now, the room is sort of, it's behind, it's not in, it's sort of behind the immigration area, and it's like the DMV. It's not a, like a prison cell, but it is like the DMV. It's, um, you know, molded chairs, fluorescent lights, <laughs> you know, kind of a space. It's with the, you know, it's without any windows. Well, the only windows there are are with guards on the other side, you know, watching you. So there's a TV in there playing, was playing soccer, you know. Um, but it was like being stuck in the DMV. But you're separated from your bags and your phone and your computer mm. and any way you could communicate with anybody. So you're being held in the airport and you can't actually communicate with anybody. And there's a payphone in the room, and the payphone only makes UK calls out. But the trick is, if you're stuck in immigration in the UK, it's because you are not a citizen. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. you know, the people you want to call might not be in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I managed to, to say several times, like, people are going to worry about me. I need to call my husband back in the States. And I was able to, they said, yes, you can stand outside and call, but you only have two minutes and you can give them the number of the payphone in the, um, in the room, the, I guess the detention room. All our bags were, you know, taken away and tagged with things that they detained, you know, kind of a thing. So, um, so I stood outside and the whole time the immigration officers are saying to me, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> you know, like, it was really, it was, it was, I felt like it was, you know, made extra uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And once you, I think many Americans, what happens is they just say they're there for, um, for uh, some social visit or for a pleasure trip. Mm -hmm. But if you are caught in a situation, if they Google you, if your profession is an artist and mm -hmm. they Google you, which they do, um, then if they catch you in saying you're just there for a social visit and you are planning on performing, you could get banned from wow. the country. Wow. I had, yeah. so I you, had never heard that before. You so you, cannot, can, you can't just go in and say, I'm just here for pleasure. I'm visiting friends, which wouldn't be a lie because you are there for pleasure. And well, you, not if you, if you, I mean, I think they're, try, they're trying to get the truth and they mm -hmm. are, and whatever the truth is, they have rules about it. So the rules are, if you're going to earn any money, you have to have a visa, a work visa. And so, and they, and they will Google you and look you up. Wow. So, so if you post um, on yeah. your Facebook or anywhere that you're going to go play somewhere, or even like you said, maybe even do a, a wedding or you're performing a ceremony, or if you're doing anything that involves you getting any money and they find out about it, that would then be considered illegal and you would need a work visa. Yes, and the other thing that, that what I learned, because they, they ended up holding me for 21 hours, and after a few hours, they told me, you're going home on the next flight. You know, I was saying, I need to, like, I kept thinking, well, maybe I'll get out of here, maybe I'll get out of here, mm -hmm. maybe I'll get out of here. So I, I had, a you know, several concerts that I was expected that night. Mm -hmm. And I ended up, one of the guards ended up calling the venue and giving them the numb the payphone in the room which was nice of them i guess mm -hmm. because i had no way of communicating that i wasn't showing up that night um and uh i mean nice I, what's nice in that situation i'm not exactly sure mm -hmm. but um so they knew what was happening with me and they knew that i wasn't going to make it there that night. Mm -hmm. And then at some point they called back because I couldn't call them and they knew that I was being sent home. But they sent me home, so I had to cancel all the concerts. I lost uh, some some travel uh vendors, you know, airlines. I had several different airlines. I had Eurostar tickets to Paris. I was going to be in Paris 
for my wow. birthday. And some Oh, yes, it was your birthday. The happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> and you were going to be in Paris for your birthday. How romantic and beautiful. And that sure didn't happen, right. did it? No, it didn't. And so, um, you know, the Eurostar would not give me back money for that ticket loss. And there are several places like the hotel in Dublin would not give me back money, oh. even though I wasn't in Dublin. So I lost money. I lost the performances and I lost money. Um, but they sent me home the next morning. So it was 21 hours. Is it on the, the same flight? And... Well, it wouldn't be the same flight because you were going back to the United States and you flew on a flight out of Germany, right? Yeah, I flew out of out of. So I said to them at the time, well, could you send me to Dublin? I understand you're not going to let me into the U.K. and you're mm-hmm. not going to let me do the paperwork and you're not going to let me do anything to fix this. But I still have a gig in Dublin. And they said to me, if we turned you away, they'll turn you away. And they put in, so you know where they stamp on your on your in your mm-hmm. passport the little stamp that's yeah. your entry? They put an X through that. And so that's Whoa. on my in my passport. And so Whoa. any place you, I go, you're a marked a, woman. You're a marked woman. They're going to see I'm this marked. whenever you travel. I'm marked. And so, but until I, I will, when I renew my passport in a couple of years, it, that image won't be in my passport. It's just when I go to England for or the UK forever, it will pop up that I tried to enter without a visa. You couldn't. You couldn't lose your passport, huh? I mean, I don't need you. Don't need to lose your passport to get a new passport. That's what I'm just saying. Not like your passport picture, even. Wow. So, so you were there overnight. You probably didn't get any sleep. It sounds like there weren't even cots. Or were there places to sleep? Or what? What was there? The- were not places to sleep. So they held four people, and one of them, um, I spoke to all of them because everybody was sort of nice, sweet-natured people, which is another sort of funny thing, you know. On one hand, you're thankful for it. On another hand, you're going, why are they holding these people, you know, and me, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) Yeah. But one of them was a very nice young man. I don't know how old he was. He was, he, it makes sense that they would hold him because he was um, seeking asylum. He was Somali and he was seeking asylum. So they had to have their interviews with him. And that made sense that he would be in that space Mm -hmm. while they figured out his case. Um, but the other three of us that were just trying to get through, I mean, I was a traveling jazz musician. Then there was this young and 25-year-old man who was a Lebanese-American dual citizen, and he was coming from Lebanon, and he, um, was, he was an animator, um, and he was going to go lead an internship of animators, I guess. And um, they held him because he didn't have a visa either, and they sent him back to Lebanon. So and then there was another Japanese woman who was living in Germany who was coming to the UK to be a, to go to a Buddhist festival. And so these are the three: the jazz music, a the Buddhist festival, and the Buddhist well, are the three people they decided to be changed. But a Buddhist and, festival uh, wouldn't be work, would it? I mean, did they? She say why that would be? Because that's not work going to a Buddhist festival. Did I they? think they didn't. I think there must have been a language barrier yeah. there. She. Um, she said the name of someone she was staying with, and they actually called that person. You know, they didn't just say, oh, okay, you're staying with somebody, walk through immigration. And uh-huh. they called that person, and that person didn't uh, un- didn't recognize her as a friend. And I, she was a little confused. I think that this might have been a language barrier and a little bit of confusion, but she mm. certainly was not a scary individual. <laughs> Gosh. So, so, you know. so here you are, and when did you finally realize that all of your – hopes were going to be dashed when did you when did it hit you at this point sounds like you you hadn't quite realized well, at some you point you have hope that you're going to get out of there for a while i mean for a few hours and then you and then they come down and instead of telling you we're going to send you on to belfast they say we're going to send you home so you know they'll they said oh we're just going to get your bags and we'll check back in with you and then i guess british air had which i had flown in on had lost my bag and they had oh. to find my bag oh. and so you know, I'm getting more and more frustrated as any normal person would sort of in this strange sort of halfway incarcerated. Like you're not, um, it's not like a prison cell, but you can't leave and you're under guard and you don't have access to your stuff and you can't call people and, you know, you don't have any answers. And 
So you sort of feel like you're incarcerated, yeah. but you're but it's not a jail. It's more like the DMV, you know. And well, so so I think I I talked to you the other day, and I think I heard you say something like at one point you said, "Well, you know, tried to explain your situation," and one of the people said back to you, "But we're not as bad as you are in America," or something like that. Did oh you? yes, no, and that was said to me at many different times. Really, like, it would be so much worse if if this were your country. And I kept saying, like, I'm not part of that system there i'm an artist you know like uh, i found myself saying many times i didn't vote for him but they weren't <laughs> saying his name i just kept saying i didn't vote for him you know <laughs> uh, but did you feel that there was kind of increased uh, i mean did you ever feel like that could have been part of the reason you were going through the increased scrutiny that it's retaliation to a degree you know, I can never say what's on someone's mind, and I don't know what their normal is, to mm-hmm. tell you the truth, because I've never, I've never had this experience, so I don't actually know what normal is. Um, I've never, the times I've sung in the UK, I've never gone through Heathrow, so I, in all, I've never, um, I, I don't know what, the, I don't have no baseline to go on to say that. All I know is that I think that there was sort of, they're in a bubble and they're not in touch with the fact that what this the level of the policy that held me there and kept me from doing these performances that I was expected and wanted not only did the venues lose the money from me mm-hmm. musicians in London that were going to work with me they lost mm-hmm. the the money um you know, they lost everybody. I was actually going to be spending more than I was making between the social visits and the and the work. Mm-hmm. They lost all the income of me spending the money I was going to spend there. Yeah, they lost the the good the goodwill of all of my friends. You know, who care about me. Well, so it's it, it's what it, was and to be gained? I don't know. And and that then you said someone did come in and and. He looked like he was very wealthy, and he was screaming and yelling, and, and they released him. What was that story? Well, so I didn't I, – all I know is that one person came in and was very angry, and I get it. You know, you're put in this situation. You expect to be somewhere else. You don't, you're not in this – you know, you're, you're in this room, and you're being treated like, you know – it's it's like a you're they're moved into a situation where you're being treated like a criminal, but you know you're not a criminal. Mm-hmm. And – um, you're still being treated like one and you're not getting any answers and you're sort of in this powerless position. So there's somebody, so I understand coming in and being frustrated. And there was a guy who was coming in and frustrated and hemming and hawing. And you're not, the reason you're not allowed your phones is because phones have cameras. So you're not allowed to have mm. your phone with your camera. Um, it's the camera. Mm-hmm. So this guy had a phone without a camera on him and he was, you know, calling and, and yelling, and the young man from Lebanon said he was, you know, he could understand some of what he was saying, and there were, he was cursing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And uh, anyway, he got out, and I'm sure they just hammered out whatever paperwork they were hammering out, but then later on in the night, there were some guards that were, like, very nice, and there were some guards that were not. Mm-hmm. And the nice guards I asked a lot of questions of and had long conversations with, and the not nice guards I did not. Mm-hmm. But um, the the one of the nicer guards said, "Oh yes, that guy who was here earlier was a million or a billionaire." Or I don't remember. I actually I wrote it down the day after, but I don't remember now a week later whether he was a millionaire or a billionaire. But um, to me. That what that I think that was supposed to make me like see you know it happens to everyone mm. which doesn't actually make me feel like oh well then I'm lucky you know <laughs> well you know if, oh, I was rubbing shoulders with the wealthy <laughs> so so if anyone is planning to go to a foreign country would you even think Canada in this point and maybe in this day and age yes even Canada I don't know you know I for for. For my money, I would call. I mean, I would just call. It really doesn't take that mm-hmm. much to call a consulate and find mm-hmm. out and just say, listen, what do I need? For me, every time I, because they they held this Japanese woman, and uh, as I understand it, Japanese citizens do not need a visa to go to the U.K., and she was not working. As far as I know, like, if that can happen just when they suspect something that is, you know, that they can't even prove, then I would want to go with a visa anyway. Mm-hmm. 
Now, me especially, because I now have this X in my passport, <laughs> and every time they run my passport, they're going to see, you know. Yeah. This yeah. jazz musician tried to get in once without a piece of paper. Oh, God. So, wow. And, but, and, and so it was going to be a really special trip and your birthday, and instead um, you came back, and it, and it took you a couple days even to get back and get everything returned and back to normal, right? Yeah, my ba- they lost my bags on the way back as well. Oh, no. I mean, I took a few days to get my bags. It, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, the other thing is British Airway lost out. They had to fly me home for free, you know? Really? So everybody lost with this situation. Nobody gained anything, but, you know. And the other thing is I didn't sleep much because they, I, I saw there were some, again, there were some nice immigration officers and there were some really harsh immigration officers. And a couple of them came in and were, just, you know, like, kind of yelling questions at people in the middle of the night when they were sleeping and you can't really when you're asleep you can't really answer a logical question about Mm -hmm. bank statements with somebody standing over Mm -hmm. you and yelling at you so you know or whatever kind of proof they're looking for of whatever in the middle of the night it seems to me a ridiculous way to get answers so I just really didn't want to be over and yelled at. Now, I don't think that was likely. My case was pretty cut and dry. There was no deception. Mm-hmm. There was no, you know, but I, I have, you know, I was someone who didn't have the right piece of paper and, and found out, essentially. Mm-hmm. But still, I don't know, you know, I didn't want anybody. There were immigration officers that were um, nice, and there were immigration officers that were extremely curt with me with no good reason for it. So, you know... Wow. Well, and then you had to wear the same clothes you've been wearing that whole time, yeah. right? For like the whole trip back too, right? And all the way over and the 21 hours. I mean, so you were in what the same can clothes. You, do, for, you know? Right? Oh my gosh. And then they say, they say, we have, we'll serve you hot meal. Let me tell you. That was like, there's no way I was going to eat that. <laughs> <laughs> no way I was going to eat that. It was um, like a microwaved brown goo, you know? Like, <laughs> No. Oh thanks. gosh. Um, you know. Well, Monica, so. I felt so bad when I read your 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 Facebook thing. I, I mean, this is a nightmare no one would want to go through, and no, no and, one wants to go through it. And so you know, and 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 it can happen. I just wanted you to call in because, indeed, you know, without thinking and you don't think it's a big deal. You've done it before. It can happen. So well, let me tell you some other details that are important mm-hmm. because I learned them from talking to these nice guards so anything you receive could be considered payment a meal what payment yes they said that they said a meal your food your lodging they have turned away volunteers who were coming to do service community service because they were getting free lodging or free meal that's considered payment you need a work visa so you cannot get anything for free without a work visa for whatever you're doing I didn't know and that. And I know. It's you, who does know that? In fact, the worst, the worst. well, no, they, the worst cases they told me were like people who came um, to, to do whatever kind of volunteering or religious people who came to do services. You know, you can get turned away if you don't have a work visa. But also there was a case of a, they told me, of a doctor who was called um, to do a life-saving surgery you know this american doctor was called to do a life-saving surgery on a child in london and a a fee was agreed upon and he um came to the uk and uh didn't have the right paperwork and they detained him and uh he said listen this is a life and death situation i'm here to help a dying child and so they gave him a 24-hour visa to go do his surgery and then get home. Wow! <laughs> wow! I, you know this is no, this is, and I travel a lot to Monica, and I, I really had never really thought of it because, of course, I've never done a, a, any kind of work or traveled for music or anything. But I didn't realize even volunteers would be subject to this. So I guess you got to be rather safe than sorry, right? I think so. I mean, listen, if you have a visa and you've been cleared by whatever. Um, you should, I would imagine you'd be fine, you know. I mean, that's, I, I think that that is sort of like a, a secondary passport almost, mm-hmm. you know, that you've been approved 
and that this is your purpose. And so I would, I would do that. I mean, mm-hmm. you, it's probably overkill to do it for every place, but it doesn't hurt to call, uh, call consulates. That's really what I would do. Because when I went into Germany, it was no problem. And I yeah. was not, I mean, I'm not, if obviously I wouldn't do anything I thought was wrong. And yeah. this tour was planned a year in advance. It would be very easy to get a visa. In fact, when I came home and canceled the gig in London and told them what happened, um, they said, oh, it's so easy to get a visa. We issue, we get, we, you know, do the visa thing every week. It's a couple minutes online. Wow. So, um I just say just do it. And, yeah. Uh, and 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 a visa meaning of work thing. visa or regular visa. There's is it separate the work visa separate from the regular visa, right? The, the work visa is separate from a regular visa. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know what the fee structure is and I don't know how hard it is to get. These are things I don't know. Mm-hmm. I do know that if you get a work visa, I you have to have some you have to have some sort of official invitation. So wherever oh. you're going, is going to have to issue you something, some okay. sort of paper, some sort of paperwork or something that you can take to get your work visa. Well, Monica, I thank you for calling in. I knew it was your birthday. I didn't want to bother you, but I mean, I I really am shocked when I hear the story, and I I am so glad you shared it because it's kind of hard to believe, you know. And even though I read it, I didn't know all the details. Um, but my gosh, you know, this is a, it's a really hard lesson to learn. A sad. Sad story, and I'm glad you're okay, but, you know, it, you. it's just not a pleasant way to spend your birthday and your special time no. in Europe. It is just not nice. Yeah, no, I wouldn't recommend this. This is not, it was not a joy ride. But, again, I mean, maybe my story is preventing, you know, how many other people from going through it. And, you know, that's, that's what I hope. I hope whatever happened to me saved a lot of people from experiencing the same thing. It certainly will save me from doing it again. So. Well, if people want to find out about you and your music, I guess they go to your website, MonicaRyan.com? Yeah, it's M-O-N-I-K-A-R-Y-A-N.com, MonicaRyan.com. Monica, and I've been saying your name like Monica, but it's Monica. I'm sorry. Yes, Monica. Monica. Yeah, it's, 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 I, it's, I never. I almost don't even hear it anymore because it's a unique name for for Americans, but it's a Polish name. My father came from Poland, so ah. it's common in Eastern Europe, and actually, it's spelled and pronounced the same in India and in Scandinavia. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm. I'm. My father came from Prague, and uh, and I don't use my last name Deloey, but because it's too hard on the radio. <laughs> But, but, I understand. Uh, but but uh, good luck on the new CD release uh, coming up in a week or so. And thank you for sharing you. your hard lesson that you learned. And hopefully, like you say, someone will hear this and will think twice and take the time to go check out the rules and regulations and visas for their trip. Yeah, I hope so. And then happy traveling, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for calling in today, Monica. Thanks for having me. Aloha. Aloha. Well, see, now that's an interesting story. Was there some stuff that surprised you there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and she mentioned about checking with um, different consulates, and there are companies that can help with that, like visa service companies. We use a company in San Francisco um, that can assist you with doing the visas. Excuse me. I mean, you have a lot of people going mm-hmm. to you through captivating journeys but would they probably because you you're very talkative you probably know if they were going to be doing anything that'd be like she even mentioned volunteers or work so you'd probably inform them then or would you be would they ask you to get the visa or how would, would it work if someone was going to have to get that well then um we can advise them if they are going for work that's always a red flag because m- most countries even like australia new zealand if you're going for work then you need a uh, a work visa. Mm-hmm. Um, so though we don't issue it, I do. Like there's, they can either contact the consulate themselves and take care of that, or I have a company that I work with in San Francisco, and they're very knowledgeable and they're like a um, small mom and pop. So and they could take care of you no matter where you were going, not they, just San Francisco. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. they charge a fee, of course, because yeah. they but. Um, his name is Chris, and he's. I I use him all the time. When I went to Vietnam and Cambodia, I I 
didn't realize, well, luckily I realized before I left, well, I knew I needed a visa for Vietnam and Cambodia, and you can do those online, but because we were doing a double entry, but my passport was, um, although I was, I had, um, the expiration wasn't until 2020, I didn't have enough pages left, Mm. and so I was like, You've traveled that much, huh? I know. I was surprised. <laughs> you filled so, up. So now I, they give you a choice on passports. You can get a thicker one. Yeah, and they when they automatically uh, when they so I sent in my passport. I said take care of renewing my passport, um, getting all my visas, and I mean it was it was expensive to do all of that. But yeah. I knew he would just take care of it. And then when yeah. I got it back, I guess they gave me a big book. And yeah. the other thing to think of that people may not be aware of as well on this. I mean, you. If you're taking a trip and they are now saying you need to have the passport expiring six, six months. months. Yeah. And and most I know a lot of people who would not be aware of this. You'd think, oh, my passport doesn't expire to two or three months after I get back. But, but they want it six months after. And I, that surprised me because I don't understand quite the reasoning for that. I'm not really sure the reason, but I, I, a general rule we take, we always say you have to make sure you're um, expiration is six months after your return date. And yeah. if not, you got to get yeah. that the passport renewed. Another thing that came up recently was um, uh, going into Canada, like especially for people going in for on cruises. I mean, that's a popular reason why people go into Canada. Mm-hmm. If you have had um, like a DUI, uh, like even from your like 10, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. They may or may not let you in into I Canada. I have never yeah, heard that. that. Yeah, and that's something you need to know, too. I mean, We'll definitely need to know that, yeah. yeah. And and normally, we don't say, well, hey, you know, yeah. did you have a DUI, you know, ever? Right. I mean, that's kind of a personal, but we so, I mean, there's a, you have to, your clients need to know these things because yeah. it, they can be denied. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'd like to just say that's a good reason to have, a travel agent like Kathy Taguchi take care of you. I mean, also, you know, if you had a travel agent in a situation where you got stuck, you can always hopefully have that one call or <laughs> access to your phone. <laughs> I don't know how helpful I would have been in that <laughs> well, situation. Well, you know, that, at least knowing someone knows yeah. where you are and what's yeah. happening and they can make some calls for you in, in that situation. With, I mean, without ourselves, we're so used to being able to make calls and reach out mm-hmm. or email people, right? But right. if you can't. Um, it, and you only have one call and two minutes in that one call, <laughs> it might be good to have your significant other call Kathy Takushi or you call Kathy Takushi and, and have her take care of it because, you know what, um, even though you're a, a, a world traveler and you travel a lot, things can happen. Well, because things are constantly changing. They are, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And um, there's not a lot of goodwill out there for in some places now for America. And uh, this is something that's changed, you know, unfortunately. But they have actually said tourism to America last year went, went down for the first time. Tourism around the world had gone up, but tourism coming to America had gone down. I think there was an article, was it in the paper or something I read online, that China is saying, telling their people that America is unsafe to travel this, to. That, that is true. That no, yeah. I, I yeah. not just China. There's uh, other places also saying that it's dangerous yeah. to travel. At, yeah, and, and that's like, we got to look at this going, whoa, our image of ourselves and what other people in other countries may be thinking mm-hmm. of us it may be very different, and yeah. there can be consequences. Yeah. Something we haven't thought of before. But again, it's always good, and Kathy's a great person to go as a resource. And her number is 244-1414, and she has that deal to Korea, South Korea. Uh, three seats left. And, of course, Paul Gauguin cruises at great prices, um, 244-1414, or CaptivatingJourneys.com also works, correct? Yes, it does. And, um, and, and she can also help you with other special trips for your vacation and um it's nice to know there's someone for me to help you so thank you kathy for coming in on the fourth of july happy fourth happy fourth aloha Stay safe. bye